Good morning. Thank you for that riotous applause of welcome. Yeah, that was better. Thank you. I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys are crazy. Crazy, crazy. I love you much. Yeah, I love you much. Yeah. Good to be home. Good to be with you today. What a great morning. Worship was just wonderful. I was watching in the back there. Deb and I decided we ought to catch the flu, so we have been away from people for a little while, and I thought I'd better stay away a little bit longer, so I just slip in, keep you safe. Uh, You're welcome. It is a good decision, yeah, it is a good decision. But I I didn't want to miss being here and sharing some word with you today, Uh, and all those that are on online this morning, we welcome you. Um, we're going to look at uh, Matthew 18 here in just a moment. Uh, let me just encourage you to take a look at the bookstore, at the mission store. There's just some great stuff for getting ready for Christmas gifts and all that kind of stuff. Just wonderful stuff in there that's been planned for this season particularly. Uh, take advantage of that, and it, uh, it will really bless you and your family. Um, and I, did, I said that because my wife told me to say that. She spent a lot of time, a lot of work in re- redoing that along with Siandria, uh, and it looks, it looks beautiful, and just go in just to look, so you can tell her that you, you did it for me, and, and then that, that'll, that'll be good for me. <laughs> All right, yeah. This, uh, let's look at Matthew 18. Verse 18, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, by the way, this is Jesus speaking, okay? Uh, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. We're going to focus mainly on verse 20, but I just want to say something about verse 19. It's pretty cool. Is if any two of you agree... That is a wonderful word there, by the way. It, it mean, it's, it's the word we get symphony from. When there is a symphony among believers, heaven hears the symphony and responds. Oh. I love it. Symphoneo, it's that wonderful where everybody, different instruments, sounding differently, but on, in the same pitch, and they're all doing the same thing. They're all playing the same song. And it's uh, just a wonderful song. Anyway, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Uh, the last year and a half or so for Deb and I have been an unusual time of being away from the house more than usual. Uh, a lot of that had to do with, uh, uh, we had a, a time away that was planned, but then in the middle of that, Deb broke her kneecap, so we were locked in the house and couldn't come, and uh, we've had injuries, we've had illnesses, we've had uh, surgeries, uh, all kinds of things that have just kept us away, and then in the last few weeks, this, this flu 
that decided it needed to spend some time at our house um, just has made it really uh, a time of being away more than, certainly more than we would want to be. And, uh, but it has given, you know, some perspective when we come back into the house and even perspective being out, out I was going to say in the outhouse, being, <clears throat> being out of the house, uh, there are just uh, in, interesting perspectives about the value of being in the house and uh, uh, the importance of that, uh, of being with people, uh, sharing life together. Um, and, and so one of the things that, that has become evident to me is really the value of who's in the house. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to spend any time really talking about individual people within the house. I, I would love to do that. That'd be another, that'd be another whole time together. But I want to talk about who's in the house that, that Jesus talks about here. Because they're important. And it's important for us to recognize when we walk through the door, there's, there's some ones in the house that are important to being in the house. And if we don't recognize it, then we miss the value of what's in the house. Okay? So here we go. Jesus says this, whether two or three are gathered in my name. Who's in the house? You and I are in the house. We're in the house. The people, and look at the person next to me and say, you're in the house. Look at the camera and say, you're not in the house. You're visiting from afar. We love you, but you're not here. <laughs> You're in your house. That's wonderful, yeah. But we are, we are the two or three that Jesus talks about here. How important is this? This, this is why it's so important. There are, there are th- blessings, kingdom dynamics, spiritual experiences that are only available under certain circumstances. We know this even in the natural, right? So um, this, uh, we, we love Thanksgiving as a family. We always get together and it's all the grandkids and and my, our kids and their wife and all of that stuff. And it's really fun to be all together. And we have, and, and all of our family cooks. I mean, I mean Ryan's a, a chef. He's a trained chef. We got Deb who can cook anything. You know, she can grab a can out of the cupboard and make it a, a gourmet meal. She's just phenomenal. And then our, our other son is the same. And uh, so we, we just have this, it's all about the food, right? When we get together on Thanksgiving, and we get together, we have this wonderful meal with the turkey and the gravy and, you know, all that stuff. And, and my daughter-in-law's famous uh, sauce that goes cranberry, homemade cranberry sauce. That's, I, I, I hated cranberry sauce growing up because it came in a can and it was like jello, jelly, jelly, you know. Oh, it's horrible stuff. And then I was introduced to this amazing cranberry sauce, homemade. Changed my world. Put that on top of everything else. Everything, that's right, everything. And it's wonderful. Uh, so we do all that. And it's just a great experience. And you walk away from that experience just full, not just full of food, but full of family and full of being together and all of that. Well, this, because of this flu thing, uh, the family did gather over at Jeremy's house and had a wonderful time. But Deb and I were at home uh, alone. I know. Uh, and they sent us pictures of the food, which was great, and pictures of the grandkids sitting around the table eating the food and all that, and you see all the wonderful food, and that, that was great. It was, it was enjoyable to an extent. 
while I was eating my tuna fish sandwich. Uh, you know, he's good. And then they brought the food, you know, over when they were finished that, that evening, they brought everything over and gave it to us and we had it the next day. And so I got it all ready and got it and my, got my plate full of everything that you put. I mean, it was, it was just mounded high full of stuff. Heated that thing up, started eating. It was really, really good. When I finished, I was not full like I was full when I ate it with family. It wasn't the same. Same food, same quality, same love went into it in preparing it. It was given to us with love. It wasn't the same. Because there's something that happens in certain circumstances that doesn't happen when those circumstances are not present. Do you understand this? So Lazarus, you know, is, is dead. He's in, the, he's in the tomb. And Mary and Martha are really upset at Jesus because Jesus did not come when, he said, when they expected him to come. Because if he'd have come when he was alive, then he could have had a miracle. But now that he's dead, can't have a miracle. Right? I mean, that's their thinking. And Jesus says something really interesting to Martha. He says, if you had believed, you would see the glory of the Lord. What is he saying? If you had believed before you saw, you would see something of the glory of the Lord. Now, they were going to all see the resurrection of Lazarus, but there was something hidden in the moment that they did not receive because they did not believe before they saw. Because Jesus said, you would, you would see the glory of the Lord if you had believed. But they didn't believe before they saw. Therefore, they missed out on something that was there for their enjoyment, for their privilege to have. But they didn't get it. Why? Because the cir- they the circumstances weren't open. They did not believe before. So that's the same thing with Thomas. You know, Thomas, you know, he has, what do you, who do you call Thomas? What do you call him? Doubt. There's a reason for that. Doubting Thomas was not, doubting was not his first name. He just doubted a lot of things. And, and Jesus came after the resurrection. He came to the disciples and, and he wasn't there, right? So then when he was there later, he didn't believe him. Because he didn't see. And Jesus showed up and showed him his hands and, and his side and all that. And Jesus said, it's a good thing that you believe me now that you see me. But blessed are those who believe before they see. There's a particular blessing that's available for those who will believe before they see. So you're getting the point here, right? If you're not with the family and you're eating the same meal, it's different than when you're with the family eating the same meal. And if you believe before you see, you're going to receive something that you can't receive if you just wait till you see. <laughs> hey, listen, I may have the flu, but I know I said that right. All right. In Psalms 23, uh, David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil For what? You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There is something about the presence of God. There is something about being, learning what fearlessness feels like that you only get when you are on the face of the shadow of death. It's in that moment you learn something. You get a revelation of how God can make you fearless in those moments. You don't get that any other time. There's a comfort of the Holy Spirit that only comes when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's always the comforter. He's always with you. 
But there's a uniqueness to his comfort. I can tell you there's a uniqueness to his comfort. When you sit on the couch after you've lost your daughter and you can't, you can't determine what life is going to ever look like again. And he comes and he sits next to you. And he comforts you like you've never been comforted before. That only happens in the valley of the shadow of death. You see what I'm saying? It's not that he withholds stuff because he doesn't wants to. It's just that you have to put yourself in the, or be in those circumstances before they get revealed to you. He says, you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When the battle's on, there's a spread of heavenly delights that you'll only find in the midst of the battle. That's the only place you'll find it. When the battle's the hottest, the heavenly cuisine is the grandest. (laughs) I love food. But it's true. There's, there's, There's delights that he prepares for those in special circumstances. Now, what does, all, what does all that mean? It simply means this. There are aspects of his presence, revelations of his majesty, his power, and his grandeur that is available only when we gather in his name. I didn't say it. He said it. There I am in the midst of them. In the midst of them simply means he's not here to observe. He's here to participate. He's in the middle of us, not sitting on the outside edges. There are three things that are absolutely not necessary for this to take place. One is the size of the number. It doesn't need to be a big group. It doesn't need to be a big population of people. The place is not necessary. It can happen any place, anywhere. And the time doesn't really matter. 10 o'clock on Sunday morning is not a sacred time, right? It can be any time. So those three things, the size, the place, the number, the time, aren't essential to experience what Jesus is talking about here. But there are three things that are essential. And it's the size, the place, and the number. The size, the place, and the time. The very same things are essential in this way. Size does matter. It matters because it can't be the one. Are you hearing me? It can't be the one. Now, now I know that me and God are a majority, right? We know that. But if if God intended that to be the the criteria, he would have said, where you are gathered with you, when you are in your oneness, when you are in your personal majesty, you know what I'm saying? Say, no, number does count. Two or three, obviously, or more. It does matter. And and the the place does matter. Because it's not scattered. It's not like we can be just anywhere. Away from one another. But in the same place. Now, I love, I love what we can do online. I love the fact that we can get the message out there, that people can share in, the, in some of the experience. But I, I hate to tell you guys that are online, you're not getting what you're getting in the house. Because Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, in the same place, two or more in the same place. Place does matter. It can be anywhere, 
but it has to be somewhere. Okay. And time does matter too. Listen, I've, I've watched a lot of delayed broadcasts, right? And they're wonderful. I get teaching. I hear teaching. That's wonderful. I get to, to collect all of that good stuff and all of that. But it's not the same as being in the same place at the same time as with everybody else. It's just not the same. And I, it's not that I'm saying it because I have this wonderful feeling about you guys. It's because Jesus said it. Where two or three are gathered. What is he saying? Is where my people are gathered in my name. They're there to focus after me. They're in the same place at the same time. Focus on the same one. And I'm there, he says. I'm there, and I'm there in a unique way. I'm not there to just watch and observe. I'm there to participate with them. I'm just saying. There's a level of promised presence that we can only experience when, this, when we're in the same place at the same time, focused on him. It only happens that way. That's where synergy, Dan, Dan McCollum talked about it a few weeks ago. He talked about the synergy of worship and the synergy of prayer that happens when we gather together. Synergy, again, is two plus two equals greater than four. Right? There's something that happens that multiplies, and it doesn't happen over the internet. It happens in the same place at the same time. I'm, again, I'm thankful for that, and, and boy, I'm glad that some people can take advantage of that when they can't take advantage of being together. I love that, and that's wonderful, and and do that when you need it. But it's important that you are in the house, and not just for you, but for everybody else, too. It's important that you and I are in the house. You know, someone might say, "I, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm good. I'm my own majesty. But here, here's the problem with that. I am, a, I am a person that's very happy being me and happy being with me. I don't have a problem being with me. I think I'm nice, kind, good. Yeah, one agrees, that's good. I, I, I like being alone. I do, I'm, I'm, an, uh, I'm not a lonely person, I just like being with myself and sometimes being with Deb and, you know, just a few people. I, I, just my personality. But one of the things I recognized when I was on sabbatical, I, well, that's not good for me. It's not. It's not good for me for long periods of time. Even, and that was not a that long period of time, but it was more than it should have been. It's not good for me. Although I'm comfortable with that, I don't realize what it's costing me as I'm going forward. Not just for me. If we take this I don't need it statement and and ignore the deception of that statement because it's just not true. Take it at face value. It's a statement that reflects a consumer relationship with God. What the gathering is offering, I don't need. So I'm going to go look for what I need or what I think I need. So it's that consumerism. And listen to me very carefully. Jesus said he wants to give us himself. He wants us to ask him for what we need, right? 
Ask, and it will be given unto you. And what we just read earlier, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, it'll be given to you. So there is this, this side of our relationship with God, which is a receiving side. It's the God, Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He wants to give us of himself and give us the things that we need. And that's okay. It's okay. Turn to somebody and say, it's okay. But that's just part of it. What about the rest of the people around us? Hebrews, writer of Hebrews hits this thing pretty head on. Uh, Verse number 24 in chapter 10. And let us consider one another. Oh, I don't need it. Oh, but maybe they do. Maybe they need me to be there. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of son. You think this is a a new problem? You think this is a new issue in our society? No. First century church, as is the pattern of some, right? But exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Hmm. And one of the reasons I think God really wants us together is that when we come together, we come with all our baggage. We do. We don't leave it at the door. We try to forget it. We try to squash it. We try to pretend it doesn't, it's not there anymore because we're just worshiping Jesus. But it's all there. And we bring it all in with us. And I've discovered in my thousands of hours and miles, hundreds of thousands of miles, I've, I've been a, over a, about a million and a half with United alone, a million and a half miles in the air. With all of those, I've discovered that people don't know how to handle their baggage very well. They don't. They walk through the aisles with like everything, right? And they don't know how to handle it well. They'll bump into you a million times as they walk past you, especially those with backpacks. I think they're evil. Because usually they don't realize it's back there, right? And they're walking through this little tiny aisle. You're sitting in the aisle. I'm sitting on the aisle. And they turn around, not realizing they've got this much behind them. And it ends up in your face. Happens over and over and over again. Then my wife bought me a backpack. I think this, I think, I think everybody that wants to take a backpack on a plane needs to go through six months of training <laughs> on how to carry a backpack on a train, on a plane. People do not know how to handle their baggage and it's true in the spiritual, it's true in the emotional. We don't always know how to handle our baggage and the importance of coming together is that we get to bump into each other and help each other. That's what he's saying right here. Let us consider one another and stir up love. Boom. You just hit me. I love you. 
Huh? Am I right or am I right? In order to stir up love and good works, we need each other in the same place at the same time, focused on him so that we can love one another out of our baggage. It is good. Thank you. It is good. (laughs) Because he said it. So who's in the room? You and I are. We're in the room. And it's important that we're in the room. Who else is in the room? Well, he's in the room. (laughs) Do you really know that? Do we really, really know that? He's in the room. You know, the Pharisee brought Jesus in to be, I'm not sure why he had him actually, because he, he really wasn't buying everything Jesus was saying, but he, he had him come to his house and, and he was in this, you know, this like this enclosed area of the home, which is a courtyard area, which is typical of the time. And Jesus is there and he brings him in as a teacher because that's how he sees him, he only sees him as a teacher. And he has him in the room and, and his whole mindset while, while Jesus is in his house is one of criticism, checking him out, trying to find what's, what's the problem here with this man? What is this guy really all about? In fact, he's, at one point he says, if Jesus knew who that woman was, he would rebuke her and send her out of here. That's his mentality because he didn't know who was in the room. He didn't know who was in the room, but the prostitute knew who was in the room. And she came and bowed at his feet and washed his feet and blessed his feet. And Jesus said, the one who loves much. Why? Because she knew who was in the room. It's, it's possible for us to be like Jacob who he was on his way to finding a wife because he's running from his brother and his, and his father because he, you know, he did some bad things with his inheritance, his brother's inheritance, and stole his brother's inheritance. And his mom was pretty smart, said, you need to get out of here, go find a wife, and we'll let dad cool down. So he's on his way to find a wife, and he stops in this little tiny place. It's called Luz, and it just simply means a tree, kind of a place, a a wide spot in the road, which would be typical. Any other wide spot in the road as he's traveling along, he's going to find a place to camp out overnight. And he camps out overnight, and he has this amazing revelation of the angels descending and ascending. And he wakes up, and he says, God was in the house, and I didn't know it. How many times do we walk out here and say, God was in the house, and I didn't know it. I should have come in with that expectation. I should have come in knowing he's in the house in a unique way. Yes, he walked in with me. I'm with, he's with me every day. There's no doubt about it. I have some of the most wonderful ex- experiences in God, revelations that come, and times of encounter with God just by myself. But there's something about being in the house, and he wants us to come in with an expectation knowing he is in the house. He is here. <laughs> and he's here to participate, not observe. Observe. He's here with all his majesty, all his power, all his authority. He's here. The deliverer is here. (laughs) The savior is here. The healer is here. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about like he's just here. He's here. 
He's right now. He's here. And it's not just, it, it comes in this 3D, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all that he is, he comes. He's the wise one, is here. The comforter is here. You need comfort, he's here. The encourager is here. The hope giver is here. The freedom producer is here. The chain breaker is here. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. (laughs) You sang it this morning, come on. And you, Jesus, you Holy Spirit, you Father, are here. Thank you for being here. I just knew you were going to be here this morning. We should walk into this place every time. I just knew you were going to be here today, God. I just knew you were going to. I used to have you say this. If you remember, I used to have you say, Holy Spirit, I just knew you were going to be here this morning. We need to come with that kind of expectation because he is here. He's a reality. He's not a philosophy. He's a person that has come to meet with his people. And sometimes I think we, we throw a party not recognizing that the guest of honor is in the house. It's almost like he's a third person out there. Let's not do that. He's here. It's the father of the fatherless, the light to the one in darkness, the guide to the lost, the answer to the searching. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the refreshing to the weary, the drink to the thirsty, the strength to the weak. And he's here for us to worship. To raise our praise so that he's enthroned. What does that mean? That he he gets to demonstrate his full authority in the house. Let's never forget who's in the room. We are. And it's important that we are. So is he. Just as real as the person sitting next to you. Woke up from a two-hour flight on, the, on a flight coming back from the Philippines. And I thought, wow, I'm so glad somebody came with me. I had a friend to come with me on this flight because I travel alone often on those long flights. And, and then I suddenly realized... Nobody came with me. I was on my own, but I had this absolute sense of presence, absolute sense of a friend being with me. And I said, God, what, what is that? He said, oh, it's me. It's me. He's right here, sitting next to you, being with you, in you, and around you. All of it. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. He's in the room. There's one other thing that's in the room I want to talk about for just a moment. And that is opportunity is in the room. Because we're in the room and because he's in the room, opportunity is in the room. If you're lost, there's opportunity to be found. If you're hurting, there's opportunity for the comforter to come and comfort your heart. If you're sick, there's opportunity. It's going to be interesting, I think. 
I don't know that we'll see this, but it, it could be that when we get to heaven and we see some of the videotape of everything, or the MP, I don't know what, what we're using now nowadays, whatever it is, eight track, whatever. <laughs> when we see it we're going to go oh that was an opportunity to tap in to what God was offering that was our opportunity to have gathered together and that was what he was offering that we didn't receive Opportunity every time we come together. It doesn't matter if it's out on the street, in a home. The place doesn't matter as long as it's someplace. The time doesn't matter as long as it's sometime. And the size only matters that there's two or three. <laughs> right now is an opportunity for you to tap into what Jesus is offering this morning. I don't know what you need. I don't know what your situation is. But he's come. I wonder wonder how many times Jesus walks out of a service saying, wow. I could have done so much more. If they'd have just made opportunity. So let's stop talking about him. Let's start engaging with worship team. Come on up. Let's not just talk about him. Jesus, we don't want to just keep talking about you this morning. We just want to interact with you because you're here. Even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. You never stop, Jesus. You never stop. You're right here touching people's hearts right now in this room in ways that only you can and in very unique ways to them. Because he's not, he he doesn't see us as a mass. He sees us as individuals within that group that's come together. And he's speaking to you right now. He's touching a place in your heart. He wants to, he wants to reach into a deep place that, that you haven't, it hasn't been available for a while. He wants to touch that place. Because that's who he is. He's here. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here. Holy Spirit, I just knew you were going to be here this morning. Father, I knew you were going to come because you're a good, good father. I knew you were going to come. Come on, let's just begin to... Let's begin to worship right now. Before they even start singing, just, God, we thank you. We just love you. You're so good. You're so good. And you are here. You are as real as those mashed potatoes I ate the other day. You are as real as the people sitting in front of me. You are as real as this podium right here. You are here. Because you promised. You made a promise to your people. And as Ryan said this morning, we just need to believe your promises. We believe that you are here. And that you've come for a purpose, for a purpose in each one of us, that we would not leave here the same as when we walk through the doors because you've gathered with us. You've gathered with us. you gathered with us. Thank you that you have. 
thank you that you have. Thank you that you have. Thank you, Jesus. Just kind of get lost in him for a moment. Would you just do that? Kind of get lost in him, realizing he is so close to you right now, closer than you can imagine.
want to, I want to pray with those here today who have been in a season where an awareness of the presence of God with you has been lacking. It's like, it's not, it's not that God's walked away or you've walked away. It's just you've not been living in that constant awareness that Jesus is with you. I want to pray for you because I, I just believe there's a, a release that he wants to give to us today of a manifest presence that we know he's there. Ever since I had that experience on that airplane, there are times when I feel like, oh, where is God? And I go, oh, no, wait, you're right here. You're right here. That's right. You're right here. And I start talking to him. Start talking with him. It's, I hate to even call it prayer because prayer sounds like work. It's like, it's just conversation with him because I had that moment that he said, it's me. It's me. And that moment has stayed with me and it lives with me every day of my life. And if that's you, there's no shame in this. Listen, we, we all walk through this, these times where, where the, the manifestation of his presence just seems so long ago. The, the sense of him being with us seems long, long ago. It's, it's like, but you're, but you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're, you're desperate for it. And you just come right down here right now. I just want to pray with you. Would you do that? Just come on down right now. Come on. There's no shame. There's no shame. No shame. And it, it could have been... It could have been just two weeks of that because that's enough that's long enough and it's not just about having that feeling again it's just having an awareness just an awareness that he is with you yes he's with you uniquely here this morning but as you leave this place today you can carry that awareness of his presence start uh, ministering here. Just walk through them. If somebody's touching you, it's just because they're praying for you. Just begin to worship him because it's in our worship that we enthrone him. So just begin to thank him. Just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for these that are in the house with you right now. And there is, there is a desire, a hunger that overrides their own, their own sense of being stuck, stuck out there somewhere that overrides their, their bashfulness. But they came down to this place this morning because they are in desperate desire to, walk, to live with you in a manifest way to know that you're with them on a daily basis, to have the sense and awareness of you, brand new, brand new awareness of who you are. So I ask Holy Spirit 
the great encourager to sweep through this group right now in Jesus' name. Just in the name of my son, your son, Jesus. Jesus, just come. Holy Spirit, come. Father, come and share your love and your blessing upon these right now. Just let us sweep through this, this group of people. Hit them where they live. Touch them where they live this morning. Touch them where they live, Jesus. Touch them where they live. Yes, God. Nowhere. They're absolutely nowhere. They're nowhere. They're nowhere. They're nowhere. Yes, God. From this moment on. From this moment on. From this moment on. Never stop working. 
us, the way you encourage us, the way you give us courage, the way you strengthen us in the inner man. We just thank you. We thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant us, that Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, we ask that you would grant us, we know you're in the room, so we ask that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory, your bank account, not ours, to be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner man that Jesus Christ you would dwell in our hearts through faith that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the rest of the saints what is the width the length and the depth and the height to know your love Christ Jesus which passes our ability to understand or, or know, it, we can only experience it. That we would be filled with all your fullness. Yeah, you want some fresh filling? Just ask for it now. Lord, fill us, fill us full to overflowing. Continue the filling process. We'd be continually being filled with your glory, with who you are. to him, to you, Jesus, to you, Holy Spirit, to you, Father, who are able to do exceedingly abundant above all we could even ask or think according to the power that you've placed within us, to you, the glory in this church, in our lives, in this city, in our state, in our nation in our world, 
by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 We invite friends of the mission to come and speak here on occasion. You know, we have guests. We love them because they bring something unique to us, right? They, they reveal something that the voices of the house have not yet revealed or they've said it and you haven't heard, we haven't heard it or we need to hear it again from somebody else. It's, it's important. We believe in what's called the cluster anointing. One of the prophets said that the anointing is not found in the single grape. It's found in the cluster. The new wine is found in the cluster. And there is life. So we believe in that. But I want us to start looking a little differently at when we invite people in. Be thankful that they're coming. It's a good opportunity to invite somebody else to come that may not have experienced their voice. But let's come with that sense that I'm thankful that they're here in the house, but he's in the house. This is why I'm here. Because I need to be here with the two or three and he's here. No matter who's standing in the pulpit, no matter who's come as a guest speaker, it doesn't. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we're not looking at the schedule and going, oh yeah, okay, he's here. This I'll go this week. What have you just said to Jesus? Oh, you're not enough. Let's change our thinking. Let's repent. Turn our thinking around. Why do we come? Why are we here? Because he's here. And my friends are here. (laughs) The two or three are here. And he is here. Let's change that thinking. And then we can welcome the guests. It's wonderful. I love having them because I I get a fresh voice into my life. It's wonderful. It's not why I come. All right, you ready for a blessing? That comes when we gather together. It was what the priests were supposed to pray over the people when they gathered, when they came together. They were to pray this over them. It's found in, in the book, in the Bible. Numbers chapter 6, I believe. It's one you're familiar with, but here I'm going I'm to speak it to you. And you can receive it like a blessing, okay? It's, it's the thing that the Lord said to the priest, you, when you speak this over the people, it will target them for a blessing. It will like draw a you know, a circle around them, a target around them where God can aim his blessing. So when I, when I pray this over us, it's putting a target on us for God to aim his blessing to us. All right? 
You ready? It's, it doesn't take long. It's powerful. The Lord bless you. Keep you. The Lord who is in the room right now, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, we receive that from you right now. We receive it from you. That is how, that's how you look upon us, with favor. Thank you for being here today. You two or three. And thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for being with us today. say amen in this sense amen is let it be so not the end but let it be so let it be so amen 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 if you would, in, would want some further prayer I'm sure that the ministry team will be down here front here would love to pray with you just go with that sense of his presence. Say, well, I didn't feel anything. It's okay. Because when you go, you'll know. Remember, it's in the valley of the shadow of death that he comes in very unique ways. God bless you. I'm sorry.